0: Okay, first of all, okay,
1: first of all, um, uh, first of all, it was her fault. Second of all, it was her fault. Third of all, it was her fault. All, was her fault. <laughs> did she do
0: it or did you do it? Who who put she, the band rubber bands in She always does <laughs>
1: my hair. She does my hair all the time. Oh, nice. And she asked me, "What do you want?" I'm like, "Whatever you want, I don't care. Like, just do something." So that's why, isn't it beautiful? It is beautiful. So if I ever get out of line, just grab me, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Right here, of course,
2: I'm sorry. Oh my goodness. All right, let's let's get started. (laughs) All right. Yeah, it was, it's whatever. Separation, Separation. okay. Yeah, before we get into it, let's just pray. Um, Papa, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We thank you so much for this time that we get to have together as family. Thank you so much for meeting us here in worship uh, we just absolutely cherish the time that we get um, to just sing to you and to worship you and to to come come before you and, and honor you because well you are worthy of it and uh, we just love you so much we, we just uh, ask that uh, as tonight when uh, tonight when we go into this teaching i just ask that you would be all in the middle of it because uh, your word and your truth and your purposes are all we're looking for. That's that's our, our primary goal is to seek out and go after those things. Uh, so I just pray that um, you give me the words to say and that your word would, would come through unhindered. And that I know the enemy doesn't want people to hear this teaching, so I just silence him right now in the name of Jesus. Uh, no spirits of distraction can come in this room tonight. Um, because we are, we are going after the truth of Daddy God. And so, Daddy, thank you for your provision in this area. We love you. We give you all the honor and glory and praise. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Okay. <coughs> so, tonight we are talking about separation. Does anybody know <coughs> what the teaching of separation is all about? Have you heard this teaching before? Raise your hand. I've heard it. Okay for the podcast cool this is going to be a refresher um this is a teaching that i actually end up doing at least a few times a year just because um it's like one of my i guess you could call it like life teachings yeah. i love this teaching so much i love all of the truth that's in here because uh it's really been one of the things that has helped to set me free and I've seen so many people uh get freedom because of this teaching. Um, tonight we're gonna to be talking a lot about sin. <laughs> yeah. Not not like your super lighthearted teaching message <laughs> at all. <laughs> but that's okay because this is truth and we need to talk about hard things. Amen. We need to talk about hard things Amen. because people are in bondage and we wanna get people free. <clears throat> and so that's what this is all about tonight. Um so as we go into this, keep an open mind if you haven't heard this teaching before because there may be some stuff that you never heard before. And that's okay, that's okay. I am uh, ready and willing to, and Savannah here with me and the other leaders, we're ready and we're willing to answer as many questions as you got. So come with your questions, <coughs> love your questions. I want, I want this to be interactive if, if it needs to be, absolutely. Um, because you know, don't walk out of here with, with unanswered questions. That's, that's all I want to say. Yeah. Um, because this is, this is really, really important. And I hope that as we go, you guys get the, the, the gravity of what we're talking about. So, uh, let's, let's jump into it. So, separation. The reason we call this teaching separation is because it's all about the fact, the truth, the biblical doctrine that we are separate from our sin. Our sin is not us. We are not sin. Okay? That's what separation is all about. Our sin does not define us. Our sin is not part of our identity. It is not us, and we are not it. We are separate. Yes, thank goodness. Thank goodness. (laughs) Sorry, I can't... (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness. And so, we are going to jump into a bunch of scriptures... Uh, that talk about sin and hopefully prove that point for you guys. Um, because when we realize that we are separate from our sin, well, one, we view ourselves in a much clearer light and we Amen. are able to love ourselves so much easier. Amen. Because we do not identify with all of, all of these different failures and all of these shortcomings uh, that the sin in our life brings about. They are not us. And so we can we can view ourselves the way that God views us, as beloved, as saints, as you know, beautiful, as his children. We can see ourselves that way and not identify with, you know, the bad stuff that we do, the bad stuff that we think. Um, so that's that's one amazing benefit of, of the doctrine of separation. The other amazing benefit of it is that we can go about life. And uh, in our relationships with other people, it is so much easier to forgive them when they wrong us. Because we realize that they are not their sin. The things that they do to us or say about us or whatever, it's not them. It's, It's this sin that is a part of their life but is separate from them. Okay? It does not define them. It is not part of their identity. So it makes it so much easier for us to view other people the way that God views them and not see them for the bad things that they do or say about us or about other people Amen. stuff like that so um, this teaching brings a lot of freedom in those areas <clears throat> ok um, so let's, let's jump into some scripture um, the first thing that I want to I wanna touch on in this teaching is I haven't ever called it this before but it's, it's kind of something that I've been thinking about recently is the personification of sin okay and you're hopefully you'll you'll figure out what that means as we go but sin is not simply just like I don't I don't know how you guys think about sin like an urge or just like some some desire that that falls short of of God's mark the, the word sin literally just means to miss the mark it's like uh, in in the original Greek it's like a, a term that's almost uh, has like a connotation of like archery like missing the bull's eye yeah. shooting an arrow that that's really what the word sin means but when you look at it in scripture there's so much more to it than that so let's let's just jump in we're gonna start in Romans chapter 7 this is really like the flagship section as far as this teaching goes Romans chapter 7 starting in verse 15. Would someone like to read for me? Yo. Yo. All right. Verse 15
3: through...
2: Verse 15 all the way through chapter 8, verse
3: 1. Nice. All right. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me for i know that in me that is in my flesh nothing good dwells for to will is present with me but how to perform what is good i do not find for the good that i will to do i do not do but the evil i will not to do that i practice now if i do what i will not to do it is not it is no longer i who do it but sin that dwells in me i then i find then a law that evil is present with me the one who wills to do good for I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? <clears throat> I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. You want to read A1, 2? Yeah there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit thank
2: you Cameron alright so there's a lot going on in this passage Um, this is the Apostle Paul speaking and uh, I just kind of want to go through this piece by piece if we can um, so that you can get an idea of what's going on but notice that he's talking about sin he talks a lot about sin in here so We're going to really focus on the things that he is saying about sin itself. All right, so starting in verse 15, Paul is saying, and I'm just going to try to paraphrase this for you because it's kind of complicated. He says, For what I am doing I do not understand, for what I will to do that I do not practice, but what I hate that I do. So what he's saying is, okay, I've got these things that I want to do. Yeah. these good things, these God things. I want to help people. I want to be obedient. I want to live right. I don't find myself doing those things. Yeah. <laughs> I also have all these things that I don't want to be doing, you know? Uh, bad-mouthing people, you know? Gossiping, slander. I've got all these things that, you know, being critical, you know, being being hateful, having bitterness, being unforgiving towards people. Anything that you can think of that's, you know, falls short of... of you know, God's command for our lives. He's saying, I have all these things. Those are the things that I find that I'm doing, okay? So I want to do good. I don't want to do bad. I find myself doing bad. (laughs) So why is that? Why is that? Uh, And he 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 keeps talking that way. If then I do what I will not to do. So if I do the things that I don't want to be doing, I agree with the law that those things are good. All right, so now this is where... This is where he gives you the, the reason be, reasoning behind all of this. So, when he does the things he doesn't want to be doing, what does he say that it is? He says in verse 17, But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Really interesting statement. Let's keep going. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me. So he's saying... The will to do good things, I've got it. I've got a will to do good things. But how to perform the good things, I I can't find how to do them. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. More of the same. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. It's the same stuff. I have good things, and I'm not doing them. I've got bad things that I don't want to do. Those are what I'm doing. Verse 20. Now if I do... What I will not to do, so if I do the things that I don't want to be doing, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. So we'll stop right there. <clears throat> I want you guys to look at what he says about sin. Okay? He's got all these all these bad things that he, he knows he doesn't want to be doing, but he finds himself doing them anyway. What does he say? He says, when I do those things that I don't want to be doing, when I, when I fall short of, of God's command for my life, it is no longer I who do it, yeah. but sin that dwells in me you <laughs> see a light bulb going off light bulb. light bulb going off yeah so let's let's look at what he says about sin he said he says sin dwells in him what else does he say he says that uh, evil sin is present with him, yeah. yeah he says evil is present with him he says the sin dwells in him he says that the sin does the things that he doesn't want to be doing he yeah. says it's not me doing it it's the sin doing it yeah. so the sin dwells and it does things this is pretty crazy.
1: I do it, but sin that dwells
2: yeah. He says it's not I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. So and he and one of the interesting things, he actually says that twice. He says twice. it twice. Yeah. He doesn't just say it once, he says it twice. So there's no mistaking this. Yeah. There's no mistaking it. Um Yep, yeah, he also says that that I see another law in my members, verse twenty-three warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. So not only does this sin dwell in him, in his flesh, it does things through him that he doesn't want to be doing. It wars against the, the, law, of his, the law of his mind that, is, that has all those good desires that God has put in him. And it brings him into captivity to to that sinful law, um, this is pretty crazy. This is a this is a, a a real point of like revelation. If you understand what is Paul saying, Paul is saying that sin. This sin is a being. It is an entity. Yeah. Because inanimate objects don't dwell anywhere. Yeah. Inanimate objects don't do things. Inanimate objects don't war. Okay. Uh, if, if you were talking about, you know, a chair or you know this rug, you wouldn't say that rug is dwelling in this room. <laughs> That's not how it works. Yeah. The only things that dwell, the only things that do things, the only the only uh, things that can that can war or that can bring something into captivity. We're talking about beings. We're talking about beings. And so when I when I say the personification of sin, what I'm talking about is Sin isn't just an idea. Amen. Sin isn't just a a concept. It's not just some uh, some urge or some some sort of like you know inherent feeling that we have. Mm-hmm. Paul is saying that sin does things. Sin exists and lives. It it is an entity that that has the capacity for thought and for action. So. This is pretty crazy stuff. So, as we move on through this teaching, let's keep thinking about this. And I want to give you some some more passages to, to kind of drive this home. But the nature of sin is far bigger than what most people realize. Let's turn over to Ephesians chapter 6. And as, as we go, if you guys have any questions, just... Just let me know. But we're gonna we're gonna keep we're gonna keep hammering on this. All right, Ephesians chapter six. We're gonna read verses eleven through twelve. I'll do this one. Ephesians six eleven through twelve says, "Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers." against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Alright, so at the end of the passage in Romans 7, Paul was saying that there's, there's another law in his members warring against the law of his mind and bringing him mm-hmm. into captivity. Alright, so what is he warring against? Well, Paul also wrote the letter to the Ephesians, so what does he say our, what does he say our, our battle is with? It says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. These, what he's listed here, are beings. Mm-hmm. They're entities that have the capacity for thought, for action, for war. Okay? Get a sense of your battle and who your battle is with. Amen. <clears throat> um, let's see. Let's see. Yeah, uh, also at the end of uh, Romans chapter 7 passage that we read, Paul says that uh, the law that is in his members is warring against the law of his mind and bringing him into captivity to the law of sin. If you want to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2, if I can find it. Here we go. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Ryan, do you have your Bible open? I do. Savannah, why don't you <coughs> read this for me? Uh, read verses 24 through 26.
0: okay. <laughs> and the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle to all men, apt to teach, and patient, and meekness instructing those that oppose themselves, if God perhaps will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, my translation, which is the New King James, uh, says, having been taken captive by him to do his will. So I think you could yeah. say either one. Yeah. Uh, having been taken captive by him at his will to do his will. Yeah. Um, so when when Paul says... That there's a law within his members bringing him into captivity. Who do you think is is behind that? It's Satan. It's Satan. Uh, all of this ties together. The army of darkness that we talked about in Ephesians six is uh, all under the leadership of Satan, and Satan is the one that brings us into captivity. It's it's those 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 principalities, those powers, those spiritual wickedness in high places, all of that stuff. That's who we're warring against, and. We have, we have this war going on and if we, if we succumb to it we're taken captive um, so what I really hope all of this drives home is that we're in a war guys whether you like it or not we're in a war we're in a battle every single day there's spiritual warfare going on all around us in you know, the realm that we can't see you know the Bible talks about three heavens, there's the first heaven, second heaven the third heaven Second heaven is where all the spiritual beings live. Angels, demons, whatever, evil spirits, all that stuff. If you don't believe in any of that, well, we can have a talk about it. (laughs) Open the Bible. We can have a talk about it. But it's it is it is one hundred percent real. It is one hundred percent real, guys. That there are there are spiritual beings that are out to get us. And we are in a battle against them. And when the Bible talks about sin, like I said, it's not just talking about an urge, it's not just talking about some concept or some some falling short on our part. So many times it's it's talking about this army that we are fighting. It's talking about those uh that army of darkness in Ephesians six. It's talking about Satan. It's talking about who our war is with. Uh, because if that was not the case, Paul would not talk about sin the way that he does. He would not say that it dwells, he would not say that it it does the evil that he wishes he would not do. It he wouldn't say that uh, the sin wars against the, the law of his mind and takes it and brings him into captivity. He says the thing when I do the things that I don't want to be doing, it's not me that does it, but sin that dwells in me. That's a crazy thought. Paul's a Christian. <laughs> If you didn't if you didn't yeah. get that <laughs> if, you, if you didn't realize that Paul's a Christian um, and so what what this kind of brings up and people don't like talking about this but what this brings up is is the the question that that people don't like answering can can Christians be influenced and, and have evil spirits
1: yeah. yeah just think about
2: it it brings up that question well what I would tell you what I would say is that's not even really the right question. Uh, the question shouldn't be, "Can a Christian have an evil spirit?" The question should be, "Can an evil spirit have a Christian?" Because if you have an evil spirit talking to you, and it doesn't matter where he is, it doesn't matter if he's here or a thousand miles away, if he's talking to you and you are listening, yeah. and you are agreeing with what he says, he's got you. Yeah. It doesn't matter where he is, he's got you. True. He's got you. Yeah. So. Let's, let's kind of... Uh, let's kind of backpedal a little bit and talk about how all of this is possible. Because I know I just threw a whole bunch of stuff at y'all. I was like, <coughs> what? What? So let, let's talk about how all this is possible. Um, in order to do that, we need to go back to the beginning, to Genesis. Where it all started. Where it all started.
0: <laughs>
2: Where it all started. We're going to be in Genesis chapter
0: 3
2: so you all know the story you all know the story of Adam and Eve Garden of Eden come across this serpent (laughs) he tempts them with the very thing that God tells them not to do the very thing the The one and only thing that God tells them not to do (laughs) I hear this joke that Adam and Eve had had the easiest task. They had a one verse Bible.
1: (laughs) Their Bible was one verse long. Don't do that.
2: Do not eat of this tree.
3: (laughs) And yet. And yet.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Their Bible was one verse long. Do not eat of the tree. Um, And this serpent comes to them and, you know what what his tactic was was to cast doubt upon God. Is it, Hath God said Hath God said you shall surely die if you eat of it? Um we, that that's you know, that's another thing, but we're <laughs> we're just gonna talk about this from, from the perspective of of where we've been. So uh, I just wanna read read to you guys one verse and then we'll one verse at the end of chapter two and then we'll skip down to verse seven of chapter three. So the last verse of chapter 2, verse 25 says, And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. That's a good place to be. Amen. <laughs> they were at peace with God, with themselves. They were unclothed. They were totally vulnerable and exposed, but they were unashamed. Mm-hmm. They were exactly as God designed them, created them to be, in a perfect state of perfection. <laughs> You know, exactly the, the way he desired for them to be. So let's go down to verse uh, verse 7. <clears throat> verse 7, after they eat of the tree, they succumb to temptation of the serpent, who is actually Satan. Uh, let's see what happens. So, uh, actually, let's start in verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise... She took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. All right, now let's see what what happens. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? All right. there's a lot going on here. So, how did we get from chapter 2, verse 25, they were both naked and unashamed, to... After they eat the tree, eat of the tree, and all this stuff, they realize that they're naked, and they're hiding from God. They're sewing fig leaves together to cover themselves. You have a question?
1: I saw you. Huh? <laughs> no, you
2: raised your hand. Oh, you're good. You're good. So how do how do we get to this point? How do we get to this point? So what do you guys see? What do you guys see that that they're operating in here at uh, you know at, at the latter part of this section? They're Fearful, they're ashamed, they're hiding themselves, trying to deceive God. They're all kinds of awful emotions and stuff going on that they didn't have before. What happened? They were naked and unashamed. What happened? Um, we need to look at, at what God says, how they got to this point. Um, <clears throat> so it says, the eyes, of, the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together made coverings. Um, so they, they hide from God, they cover themselves, they're fearful, they're ashamed. How did, what does God say was the reason that they went from being naked and unashamed to fearful, shameful, all this stuff. In verse 11 what does He say? He says, Who told you that you were naked? Who told you? It's not how did you know you were naked, because that's one question. The question he asked is, who told you? So what I would submit to you guys is that when Adam and Eve ate of that tree in rebellion against God, that's a key point, in rebellion against God, defying their their one-verse Bible, <laughs> what happened was that from that point on, the serpent, Satan, the enemy, his army of darkness, no longer had to tempt them and give them thoughts in the physical realm. He didn't have to come to them as a serpent anymore. Their sinful thoughts of fear and shame and deception came from within at this point. That's how come God could say, who told you? Is because those beings, Satan and his army, had access to speak to them on a spirit-to-spirit level. Okay? So... The nature of temptation for us is the same as it was for Adam and Eve immediately after this happened. It's that when you're tempted with with sin, where does it come from? Does it come from outward sources? Mm -hmm. No. You never, ever, 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 ever do a sinful act, speak a sinful word, think a sinful thought without it originating in here, in your head. Somebody, I mean, somebody might offer you drugs on the street, but you're not going to do it unless you have the thought to do it. Right. The temptation is all in your mind. It's all in our minds. Yeah. So have any of you guys ever had a serpent or any other kind of animal come and try and tempt you with sin? No. 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 It's because the enemy doesn't have to use that tactic anymore. He has access to speak to us in the realm that is beyond the physical. Mm -hmm. He can speak to us on a spiritual level. That's where temptation comes from. Um, So the main point that people miss uh, in in Romans 5, so many people read Romans 5 to say that uh, let's, let's read it real quick. I love just the book of Romans. Um, in Romans 5, verse 12, so many people read this scripture. It says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. Uh, skipping to verse 14. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, um, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is the type of him who was to come. So many people read verse 12 to say, Therefore, just as through one man all became sinners. It's not what it says. It says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world. Amen. Sin entered the world and death through sin. So when sin entered the world, what is it talking about? Is it talking about, you know, our human inclinations or urges or or lusts or whatever that that talks about no when it says sin entered the world it's saying that army of darkness in Ephesians 6 entered the world and gained access to man on a spiritual level that's what it's saying that's exactly what it's saying so you know you'll always 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 <coughs> it, it it's almost like universal It doesn't matter what church you're in you'll hear eventually you'll end up hearing some teaching on man's sin nature or our battle against the flesh or something like that where all, all that's talked about is like our flesh is wicked and we need to you know to crucify the flesh and, and all of this stuff but what people don't realize is that when we talk about the flesh we need to talk about it about it the way that Paul talked about it mm-hmm. he says I know that in my flesh, in me that is in my flesh, dwells no good thing. And when I do the things that I don't want to do, it's not me doing it, but sin that dwells in me. People don't realize that when we talk about the word flesh, when we talk about our quote-unquote sin nature, we have to qualify it with the fact that our flesh is susceptible to influence by these beings, by these spiritual beings. (laughs) By this evil, by this army of darkness that is actually made up of entities that have thoughts and feelings and desires and that can take action. Okay? That's the war that we're actually dealing with. So let's turn over to the next chapter, real quick. Romans 6. Romans 6, verses 12 through 16. Who wants to read that for me? Alright, Caitlin. Read for me, for me verses 12 through 16. Cool. Yeah.
0: Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading Righteousness,
2: thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually, a couple verses later in verse 19, we'll call it 19b, it's like the second half of that verse. It says, So now, present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness, Uh, which kind of follows up on everything that was saying. But all right, so I really, this is really like the meat of, of the teaching right here. Not that we haven't had some meat already, but this is really the meat of the teaching. Do you guys understand at this point? I hope I hope you understand based on everything we've talked about that when we talk about sin, when the Bible talks about sin in many locations, sin is personified. Okay, it's not it's not just a concept. It's not just an idea. It's not just you know. These urges that we have that are natural to us and innate and stuff, okay. When the Bible talks about sin. It talks about it in reference uh, many, many times in reference to that that army in Ephesians six, spiritual wickedness in high places, the principalities of the powers, the rulers of darkness of this world. It is the army that is commanded by Satan that we cannot see. Okay, I hope you guys understand that first of all. Secondly, what I want you guys to understand is that that army those beings have access to speak to us on a spirit to spirit level Amen. and to tempt us Yeah. and to give us thoughts and feelings and urges as we can't trust our feelings and our emotions Amen. because we don't know what the source of them is yep. um, you know we can pray that God would give us the discernment to know what the source of them is, and we can learn to discern what the source of our thoughts and feelings of and emotions is. Um, but you know, there, there are multiple places that they could come from. So, uh, where where could a where could a thought potentially come from? A thought could come from ourselves. We can have thoughts that are innate to us. Yeah. I love barbecue. Amen. Barbecue is my favorite food. My Wi-Fi password in my house is eat barbecue
3: twenty (laughs) four (laughs) seven. It is. It's like.
2: I love barbecue. That is a me thought. That's a me thought. (laughs) I I had that thought. I came up with that. (laughs) Yeah. That thought originated in my mind. Exactly. And you said it is
0: good. (laughs) I said it is good.
2: That's
1: good right there.
2: That thought originated in my mind. There are other thoughts that I have that didn't originate in my mind. Mm. There are thoughts that I had that originated in the mind of God. Amen. It came from the Holy Spirit. Walking down the street, and you know, just random passerby. God says, "Hey, go go talk to that person." I didn't have that thought. I don't want to talk to that person. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know them. <laughs> no, but God, God wanted me to. Yeah. That's God thought. That didn't originate in my mind. It originated in His mind. So God can give me thoughts. Amen. But you know, who else can give us thoughts is the enemy. Amen. enemy can give us thoughts. So, you know, when, you know, uh, you know what's an example? Okay, so uh, I get really annoyed at a person that's just, you know, talking about a bunch of random things that I think aren't important, and I'm just super annoyed. And the thought that I have is, oh, my gosh, just shut up. Yeah. And, well, did that come from me? Well, no, that's not my that's not my nature. God didn't create me to to tell a person to shut up and to not value what they have to say. It's not how He created me. Well, the enemy has thoughts of criticism and accusation, though. Those types of thoughts originate in his mind. That's his nature. Yeah, that's his nature. Um, when it, whenever I I am, uh, you know, maybe I. Uh, this is an example that would never ever happen <laughs> but maybe I went out and like spent $400 on just a bunch of stuff that I didn't need golf golf stuff I don't even play golf anymore I spent about $400 on golf equipment and I came home and tried to hide it from Savannah and didn't tell her that I spent $400 on golf equipment <laughs> you know well the, the thought to, to lie to my wife did that originate in my mind Definitely didn't originate in the mind of God. Man. Right. Yeah. But did it originate in my mind? No. The word says that Satan was a liar from the beginning. Amen. He's the Satan is the father of lies. Amen. So if I have thoughts and temptations to lie, whose mind did those originate in? Those thoughts originated in in someone else's mind that is not my own. Yeah. And so when we have Thoughts and feelings that uh, lead us to, to think things that are um, subpar when it comes to God's standards for our lives more times than not they came from a source that was not ourselves because God did not create us with a desire for sin Amen. he created us with a free will that's good but He did not create us with a heart towards rebellion That's with a heart towards sin He created us good and perfect He said I see that and I, I see what I created in you and I see good um, so if you guys understand all that let's talk about the reason that Paul can even say that when he does the things he doesn't want to do That it's not him that does it, but sin that dwells in me. The answer is right here in Romans chapter 6. He says, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. That's so good. Guys, what is it what is an instrument? Tell me what an instrument is.
1: It's something that's used. This is not a trick question. <laughs>
2: <laughs> something you used to do something. There you go. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah, something you use to do something else. Like a else. puppet or a guitar or a weapon. Yes. Yeah. It's okay. an instrument. Okay. Well, it is an instrument of destruction <laughs> if used incorrectly. Just saying. No, it. you're
2: right. You're right. <laughs> a guitar. A guitar is an instrument. Something yeah. that you use in order to make. make a hammer it. is an instrument. A hammer to build. is an instrument. Is something that you use in order to put nails in boards. Exactly. Okay. A scalpel is a surgeon's instrument, yeah, something exactly. that he uses for the purpose of cutting things open in surgery. Instrument. So yeah. instruments instruments are things that are used for a specific purpose. Yeah. Okay, They are objects that are used for a specific purpose. What does this say? This says, and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, when it says our members, it's talking about our physical bodies. It's talking about our mouths, our our tongue. What, do, what does the Bible say about our tongue? It is unruly and deadly,
1: and it can't be tamed. Yeah, but it also oh, calls it, the
2: power of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't like... It, but it calls the Bible calls our tongue a member. So when it's yeah. when it's it talking is a about member that said among
1: itself. That's right. Like great, how great for fire. How great a force of a small fire kindles. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: When he's talking about members, he's talking about our physical bodies. Yeah. And so, do not present your physical bodies as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. What is this saying? This is saying that we have the ability to yield our physical bodies as an object by which sin can use our bodies for their purposes, for its purposes. Okay, what's that? Like a puppet. Like a puppet. Like a puppet. Like a puppet. Exactly. So we have the choice in all of this, which is really, really cool. Um, in verse sixteen it says, "Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death, to death." of obedience leading to righteousness. So I'm just going to give you guys a rundown of how this works, okay? <clears throat> so like we talked about from Genesis chapter 3. Adam and Eve had thoughts of fear, right? Thoughts of fear because they had did what God God didn't want them to do, and so they ran and hid. Okay, how did that how did that go down?
3: Hmm? I said, uh. Uh,
2: this is the way it went down this is the way it went down they ate of the tree they immediately had some thoughts that said you are naked where did those thoughts come from well God says who told you those <laughs> thoughts came from Satan and his army of darkness Okay, so they had some thoughts and when they had those thoughts they agreed with those thoughts
1: plus you don't know what naked is unless you've been
2: taught <laughs> that's right So that's right but they agreed with those fearful thoughts and said, Oh no, I am naked. I need to hide myself. They agreed. And so that spirit of fear that fed them those thoughts, when they agreed with it, they presented their members as an instrument to that spirit. And what did that spirit do? That spirit caused them to run and hide from God. That is... That is is that what God wants us to do? To run and hide from Him? No, that's a no. sinful act. It caused them to cover themselves with the uh, fig leaves sewed together and to, to cover the beauty that God had created. They were... We could say, based on what Paul says, that when Adam and Eve ran and hid from God, it was not them doing it, but the spirit of fear that now indwelled within them. Yeah. Because why? Because they had the thought Given to them by that spirit, they agreed with it. And by agreeing with that thought, by agreeing with what that spirit had to say, they yielded themselves as an instrument for that spirit to manifest its desires through them. Amen. See, here's here's the nature of here's the nature of evil spirits, guys. Evil spirits have no physical bodies.
1: Yeah.
2: They have no means by which to to go about doing the, the the things that they want to do, okay? A spirit of murder wants to kill people, but it doesn't have a physical body. It can't kill anybody. It needs some instruments. It needs someone else's body in order to go about its business. So, when someone has a, a murderous thought and they agree with it, yeah. that murderous thought came from a spirit that desires to murder. When that person agrees with that thought and says, "Yep, you're right," that person deserves to die. Yep. Upon that agreement, that spirit of murder has access to their physical body to do whatever it wants through them. And when that person, say they use a gun, pulls the trigger to kill that person, it is not the person that pulled the trigger; it is the that sinful being that dwelled
1: within mm-hmm. them. Just like Cain and Abel, just like Cain God and Abel. told Cain, sin is lying yes. at the door, for you Genesis chapter you. four,
2: Genesis so, chapter yeah. four. You're exactly right. Genesis chapter four. God tells Cain, if if you do well, you will be accepted. Yeah. But if you do not do well, he says, sin lieth at the door. Where is it? Right here in in. Uh, Genesis chapter 4 verse 6 and 7 So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well sin lies at the door and its desire is for you but you should rule over it. That's what God says to Cain. That's crazy. If sin is just an inanimate thing that we have inherent to us, how does it have a desire? How does it uh, you know, how does it lie at the door, stalking us,, waiting, waiting for us to give in? That's not just some, some inherent thing that, exactly. we, that we have as, as a natural part of us. That's not what sin is. Yeah. Sin is a being. Amen. We're a group of beings that desires to get its rocks off by using our bodies, because they don't have bodies of their own. Look, guys, I get that this teaching is super weird. It's (laughs) awesome. (laughs) I get it. This teaching is weird. Because, well, if you don't have a concept for, like, supernatural things, none of this is going to make sense. Exactly. None of this is going to make sense. But we have to understand that this is a real battle that is going on. Because if you believe in a God, well you got to also believe that there's probably... If there's a force for good, there's also a force for evil. Amen. There also is one. Because where else do we get all this evil that's in the world? All the suffering, all the death, all the hate. There is so much of it in this world. Where does it come from? Where does it come from? The only reason it's here is because of these beings in Ephesians 6. These Mm -hmm. principalities, these powers, these spiritual wickedness in high places and rulers of darkness of this world this suffering and death in this world doesn't just come about for no reason. It comes about because there is an organized effort. There is an army yeah. that is going about making all of this stuff happen and using people in order to get it done.
0: <coughs> and then people are mad at people. That's
1: yeah. right.
2: And not people actually get mad, mad at, people. at the, wrong, exactly. the right
0: thing.
1: That's right. So everybody's destroying everybody because of lack of knowledge. That's right. And all it does is make society worse. And it's
2: That's right. <coughs> so, guys, we have the option. We have the ability to determine whether or not we yield ourselves to these beings. I'm just going to read this again because this drives it home. Therefore, <sighs> do not let. That means the onus on, is on us we determine whether we let this happen or not yeah do not let sin reign what is it what does reign mean to rule to govern to master to master (laughs) that's right in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lusts whose lusts are we talking about is it my lusts no it's the lusts of these beings of this sin And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. Guys, again, do not present your members. The onus is on us. We get to make the decision. We are the ones that this all comes back to. Do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God for sin shall not have dominion over you for you are not under the law but under grace what then shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace certainly not do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey you are that one's slaves whom you obey whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness so let's just get back to talking about the whole doctrine of separation how we are separate from our sin guys the way that this works is when we agree and we yield ourselves when we present our members to these beings for them to manifest through us that agreement and that yielding is what is accounted to us as sin that's, that's how the Bible can say that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God we have all done it many, 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 many times. We are, all, uh, we are all people that have yielded our members. We are all people that have presented our bodies as instruments of unrighteousness to this army, to these, these spiritual entities. That is what is accounted to us as sin. But when Paul says, when I do the things I don't want to do, it is not I who do it, but sin that dwells in me the, thing, the, the entities, the beings that we need to be getting angry at and fighting against is not the person that yields but the beings that are reigning Amen. does that make sense?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. and not yourself and not
2: yourself so the Bible says Ephesians 6 we wrestle not against flesh and blood flesh and blood is not the problem if Savannah and I were to have an argument, and both of us are being very accusatory and critical and stuff, my battle is not with her. Yeah. My battle is not with her because she's flesh and blood. I'm flesh and blood. Her battle's not with me. We have to recognize that uh, when I say things that are hurtful to her, it's not me saying it.
1: Yeah.
2: It's the sin, the sinful beings that dwell in here. That are saying those things. I have yielded my tongue. I have yielded my tongue as an instrument to that unrighteousness. Yeah. To say those things that it wanted to say. I didn't want to say those things. It wanted to say those things. Yeah. Does that make sense? Um so I shared this last time I gave this teaching. Can I share it again? Yeah. The whole thing? I already
0: know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: So Savannah and I try to employ this in Our marriage as much as possible, and so, you know, sometimes there will be there will be days where, you know, this man might have had a real rough day at work, and things just haven't nothing's gone her way because, you know, well she works in customer service, so there's some some rough customers she's had to deal with, and it's just been a bad day, and she'll come home from work, and you know I'll be like, you know, how's your day? And you know the only the only responses that I get are, you know, just kind of laden with self-pity, right? Oh, it was awful. <laughs> you know, woe is me. I didn't have any health. And, you know, all, all of these things that, that are, you know, well, not the joy of the Lord, frankly. Yeah. Not the joy of the Lord, frankly. And, you know, I will try my best to, you know, help her be positive and, and bring her bring her back up out of the funk and stuff but it's just not working it's just not working deflected deflected it. it will de- deflect yeah. all, all of my attempts all of my attempts and you know eventually what it will come down to is say hey you know when Savannah is ready to talk Amen. I'm here and I'm ready to talk that's good because I eventually have to realize that I'm not actually dealing with my wife I'm talking to a spirit of self pity that she has yielded herself to. Does that make sense? Yeah. She can do the same with me. (laughs) This is not a one. This is not a one (laughs) thing. Not at all. Not at all.
1: But you're so awesome. I agree. It's awesome. Yeah,
0: and so sometimes it feels like I'm the one having more problems than he (laughs) does. That's not the case.
2: Nope. Not the Uh, case at all. (laughs) Case at all, so I hope you guys understand that. Yeah, that's that's the kind of thing that we need to be realizing mm-hmm. in our everyday relationships with people and with ourselves, man. Because look, this can work for yourself too. There will be so many times where it's like, oh my gosh, I am, I am such a lazy person. I just need to get off my butt and stop being so dang passive. Like, you know, man, I'm so lazy. I hate myself. I wish I could just get all this stuff done. Why can't I just get going and get moving and all all these self deprecating thoughts? Yeah. All of these thoughts that, that God would not want me to have about myself. I need to realize that, man, those thoughts have not originated in my head. Mm. Those thoughts originated in the mind of, of Satan or one of his one of his, you know, army of darkness. Um because those thoughts certainly didn't originate in the mind of God. And so when that happens I need to say, okay, wait a minute. I am dealing with something here yeah. and there is an entity that is speaking to me and giving me thoughts that are not my own and I need to say this stops right now I refuse to yield my mind to these thoughts I refuse to give you any more ground and I I want to be free of you and, and get you out of my life because I'm not listening to these self-deprecating thoughts anymore because I am Worthy. God says that I am His Son and that He loves me. And it's not worth it for me to yield myself. Yield myself as an instrument of a spirit of unloving. Yeah. It's not worth it. Because I want to be free. I want to, to live an abundant life that is free of sin and believing the things about myself that God says about me. Um, so this works this works both ways in your relationship with other people and your relationship with yourself you have to realize that the stuff that we have going on uh, in our lives where we are doing things that we don't want to be doing or other people are doing things to us or saying things about us that you know are are less than what God would have we're not battling the person we're not battling ourselves we're battling this kingdom yeah this kingdom and like i said at the beginning this is the reason why it's so much easier once you understand this stuff to forgive other people and to forgive yourself because you realize oh man it was never savannah's intention man it was never her heart it was never you know originated in her mind to come home and and you know say all of these like pitiful things and make my day miserable because of it like <laughs> you know that was never her I'm not having to like deal with her I'm dealing with this spirit and once that spirit is gone we can return to union with each other and to be be exactly the way that God desired us to be in perfect unhindered relationship it's these spirits that get in the way they get in the way and so uh, you cannot do battle unless you know who your enemy is and how he operates. That's what this is all about. Can I say
0: something? Yes, please. Um, one thing that I have found really helpful to like learn how to identify where my thoughts are coming from, because we've got the three sources of you know, you've got the God thoughts that are wonderful, and then you have thoughts that come from yourself, which are also wonderful. And then you've got the ones that the enemy presents to you, sometimes as if they are your own. Um, one time, Sometimes I'll ask myself the question, who does this benefit? Mm. Does this thought carried out in fruition, who does this benefit? In the end, do I feel better? In the end, do I feel like I loved Matt correctly? In the end, do I think I rejoice over the day, or asking the question, what is long-term, like what long-term thinking in this way, how does this affect me in the future? And like long-term agreement with self-pity makes me an extremely bitter person. Mm. And that kind of thinking means, okay, since I know God did not make me an extremely bitter bitter person yeah. who's ungrateful or discouraged, with life, I know that that's not God, and I know that that's not me. So, in the short term, I'm going to turn it around and I'm going to choose to be grateful mm. because I do not want to have self pity benefit from my lapse right now. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Who does it benefit? Like me exp- like spewing at Matt in accusation because I feel wrong, because I feel like he's not listening to me. And my woes of the day, or anything like that, who does that benefit in the end? It doesn't doesn't benefit him, because he's now spewed with the grossness, yeah. and we didn't get to rejoice together. It also doesn't benefit me, because I was the one who spewed. It was my mouth that said it. In that moment, who gets the glory? Yeah. Bitterness and accusation. Who loves it? Yeah. He thrives off of it. He gets his release. So, why would I allow him to feel good yeah. and both of us to feel horrible right. at the end of it? Right. It's not worth it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So, it's like, man, praise is the whole thing that he exactly. hates to hear, so let me praise more. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, a great example from the Bible is Matthew 16 when Jesus spoke to Peter and said, Get behind me.
0: So when Jesus,
1: when <laughs> yeah. Peter opened up his mouth. You know, I mean, you know, Peter might have meant well, but his heart was not aligned with the will of God because mm-hmm. that was not Peter speaking. That was Satan speaking through him, trying to diffuse the will of God, um, uh, just just like Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but another great point of like benefiting is like this line up with Philippians four eight.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So like yeah. that does that thought line up with Philippians four eight?
3: Yeah.
0: Whatever is true, whatever is lovely, yes. Whatever is pure, yeah. Whatever is
1: honest, whatever good. yeah. I actually
2: have uh, Matthew sixteen in my notes. It's just like. The whole story of when Jesus asked <laughs> yeah. Peter... Two questions. Yeah. Who, Jesus asked Peter, who do you say that I am? Yeah. And he says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Yeah. And what does, what does Jesus say? He says, flesh and blood has not revealed this Amen. to you, but my Father, Father who is in Amen. heaven. That, he had a God thought. Amen. God
3: thought. God He had a God thought. <laughs> yeah. God thought.
2: What is Jesus saying? That thought didn't originate in your mind. Yeah. <laughs> that exactly. thought originated in the mind of God, and he put it in your brain. Exactly. Yeah. Then what happens?
1: <laughs> Peter let something else yeah. have way through. It yeah, then You Je- doing
2: so good, dude. Yeah, then Jesus <laughs> then Jesus starts telling them about how he how he must Wrong. <laughs> Jesus starts telling them about how he must die and then rise again in three days. And what does Peter say? He says, Far be it from you, Lord. Yep. Yeah. Let this not happen. And what does Jesus say? He says, Get behind, behind me, Satan. 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 He doesn't say get behind me, Peter. Yeah. He says get behind me, Satan. So, a couple minutes earlier, Peter had a God thought yeah. that God put in his brain. Homo was on a roll. He was on a roll. <laughs> Two minutes later, what happens? Peter had a Satan thought. A thought that originated in the mind of Satan, that Satan put in his brain. Yeah. Peter agreed with that thought, and by his agreement, yielded his tongue in order for Satan to speak through him. That's how Peter could look at Satan. At, at, peter that's how jesus could look at peter he could look at peter and call him satan because jesus knew he was not talking to peter he was hearing from satan himself because peter yielded his tongue for satan to speak through him yeah Yeah. that's how it works that's how it works so um we're we're already over an hour so we can we can stop there i think you guys get the picture I don't I don't wanna just keep drilling this in into your heads if, if you've I mean you've already heard enough. You've heard enough. If if you guys wanna talk about it some more, we that's great, we can keep doing that. But I'm probably gonna turn the recorder off because I think you get the picture. Like there's there's a way that all of this happens that, you know, uh, the sin comes to us these beings come to us and give us thoughts and feelings and impressions that didn't originate in our mind and didn't originate in the mind of God. They originated in their mind. And when we agree and yield, when we agree by doing so, we yield our bodies for those spirits to do the things that they want to do through us. Amen. That's why Paul can say, when I do the things I don't want to do, it is not I who do it, but the sin that dwells in me that is separation that right there is separation you are
0: not the problem you are Amen. not the problem yes. nor are you the originator of that's the right, that is right no.
1: oh my gosh, since, that is right since Satan is um, uh, the one who sent from the beginning he's just yep. trying to sow that seed so it can grow so yep. it can become his plants yep. you guys <laughs>
2: I'm sorry, I'm sorry guys, yeah, I, want to, I want to tell each and every one of you personally you are not the problem Amen. you are not the problem if you are upset at, you know, how your life is is screwed up in any number of ways, how you just can't seem to do the things that you need to be doing, and you just continue alienating people and ruining your relationships and all this kind of stuff, is not you. Amen. You are not the problem. Amen. We need to direct our attention to who the true enemy is, to the who who the true entities are that are, you know doing the things that they want to do through us, and ruining our lives in the process. Go to war against this stuff. So that's going to be it. Thank you very much for listening.